Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, the question practically answers itself. Why do we hate meetings? Because they suck, as the young people would say. Okay, that's that's really me. I say that. (laughs) (laughs) But you speak for all. Normal human beings. That's right. That's right. People who have been in disastrous meetings, people who can't avoid them week by week. Oh, it's true. And it's one of those things that I think often happens because no one's just ever even taught us how to have a meeting. And we come into them and we're supposed to do them and and we're the boss, so we can't like admit that we have no idea how to use the time or how to control a conversation or how to involve people, so we fake it. And generation after generation, they just get worse and worse. I mean, it's just fodder for um, television comedians and, and Dilbert cartoons. And Well, we talked last week about just the simple just idea of setting an agenda, and we discussed some ways to do that so that it's actually something kind of an authentic kind of outline for our meeting. And one of the things we talked about is setting a time limit. And I think for each discussion point that we might have, and I think that ties in directly to our topic now. And I think one of the reasons why we hate meetings is that the discussion never moves forward. So we talk about something for an hour and then nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. We talk in circles. We talk on and on. Everybody's opinions are so articulate and important. And we do want people to feel heard, but that's not the point all by itself. And so we're busy. So after a meeting's over, we got all the things that we had to put on hold to be at the meeting. So we're playing catch up and we get back into things and there's not room for all what might come out of a meeting. So it simply doesn't get done. And so we come back to the next meeting and we just pick up the discussion where it left off. Well, one of the things that we often, I think, happens is that maybe you have an agenda, but somebody talks the entire time about some the number one item on the list that wasn't that important. That's why it was there first, you know, and it's like, you know, cleaning the microwave or something. And it becomes, you know, an hour discussion on cleaning the microwave. And then, you know what, the microwave is dirty, you know. Exactly. And so when we prioritize our agenda, that's a good thing to point out. It's backwards thinking to think, let's get the simple things out of the way first. Because there's no such thing as a simple thing when you got people talking in the meeting. And so something will come up that will take more time than anticipated. So you always use your prime time, the first part of the meeting, for the most important things. And should you run out of time, it's the less important things that get squeezed at the end. And if it all works out fine, they get their time, but they don't get it to steal time from all the others. So how do we get our discussions Let's say we're doing something good. We're getting an agenda. We're setting a time limit. We're trying to discuss something, you know, but how do we get our discussion to move forward? In other words, how do the, how do we get decisions and outcomes out of our discussion? Here we go back to the leader. And this is the second thing that you're going to begin including in your planning. So after you've got your agenda and you've got it out or while you're preparing it, For each of those agenda items, which the other thing you want to articulate to yourself is a specific outcome you'd like to see at the end of the discussion so that you have something concrete in your mind that you're working toward. It might be uh, a decision. You want the group to make a decision on what we're going to do about, let's say, a schedule change. 
a client's moved a deadline forward and you all need to figure out how you're going to deal with having less time to work on it. And so you discuss it and you want to come up with your new due dates that everybody's going to get stuff done. So you got to have that in mind so that you actually come out of the meeting with those dates. So then you have something that you can use as a tool to get the discussion to move toward some due dates. Now, the outcome may not be a, a something like a decision where something ends. It might be you want to get everybody's opinion on a topic, but that's an outcome too, because you know once you've heard from everybody, you got the opinions. So that when the one person starts talking and tries to persuade everyone else that they're right, you can stop that. Not because that's not valid, but it's not why you're having the meeting. That's a different process. Now that you've done what you wanted to do today, which was hear the opinions, you can work on developing the new policy or whatever came out of it later. But it gives you criteria for when to cut people off, when to interrupt, when to encourage things to keep going instead of just whatever happens to be on whoever's mind. You know, very common is um, you, know, you have one outcome in mind and the topic reminds somebody in the meeting of something related but a bunny trail. And they start complaining about, what are we going to do about clients who change the deadlines? And we need to do something so that we commit, communicate early on that we're going to ask for extra fees or something. And they go on and on. You know, that's a valid discussion in one regard, but it's not why you're having the meeting. Why you're having the meeting is to decide new deadlines for yourselves in order to meet the change deadline that you just found out about. So again, you can bring them back to that topic without saying... And what they're bringing up is unimportant. It just can't take place now. Does that make sense? Completely, yes. So you, in your planning, you've got your three to five items. You've got a time next to them. And for yourself, you don't have to publish this on the agenda that you give everyone. But for yourself, you've got notes or you know in your mind what outcome, and I like that word better than decision, what outcome you want to see come out of that 15 to 30 minute meeting time that that agenda item got, and that becomes your tool for the discussion. Let's say it has to do with what one department is doing. Well, then you don't want everybody talking. You want the representatives of that group to explain what they're doing. And so you pause the other people who start complaining or giving feedback on how it's affecting them, because what you want to do is hear their reasoning. Whereas if you just bring up the topic in general, such and such is going on over in the accounting department, then everybody's how it affects everybody comes out. You're not really getting to what you want to hear, which is have the accounting department explain to the rest of the departments why the new billing procedure needs to be done the way it is. So you're giving yourself a tool. So it isn't so much that, because I think we think in order to, for employees to feel heard that we just have to let them talk. Mm-hmm. And that You're right, that is common. I think that works for no one in the end because... There are, I mean, I think of people who don't want to say much because they're not that type of person. They don't get a voice, then you, you know, and we'll talk more about like that type of person who just Mm -hmm. dominates next week. But we sort of have this impression that like just talking means we're listening, but nobody's listening to the point if somebody's going off on different bunny trails. So keeping the discussion focused is a a service. Outcome-based is a service to everyone. It's a service. And if you're focused on moving toward the outcome, then your, your mind's actually freed up to hear these other things that come up. So if, when you're paying attention and you start becoming aware that certain people have this, let's say, this inordinate need to talk and be heard, well, you take that in separately. 
How interesting. So-and-so or such-and-such a department feels so picked on, unheard. So that becomes a valid leadership point of attention. You're just not during the meeting. You don't try and solve it during the meeting and let them feel heard. You know, pick it up in other contexts and at other times of, you know, if they're not feeling heard or a part of the decision-making, you know, go to them directly and start talking about it. So it can be valuable data data for how you deal with problems outside the meeting, but you don't need to let it take over your meeting. Well, next weekend we'll be definitely talking a little bit more about participation. And uh. I think this probably has the the potential to irk us the most because it probably brings up people's qualities that we probably react strongly against. <laughs> and we'll talk about people who hijack agendas. And sometimes it's the boss. Oh yeah. Often it's the boss. Because really we called in this meeting for you to listen to me talk the entire time. <laughs> so if you have any stories or um, anything you want to share with us about some horrible meeting you've been in, join us yes, on please. the blog at com. We love to hear horror stories. I'm sure you've heard plenty of ours. So we'd love to hear some of yours. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.